Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. The hour of God's judgment has come. This proclamation, as recorded in Revelation 14, 7, has been spoken from many a church pulpit over the years. That's good. But do we really fully understand what God's judgment is? On today's broadcast, Dr. Jennings continues his talk on this very subject, and I think you may be surprised to discover what the Bible says about it. We're listening to a series of lectures that Dr. Jennings presented in Allen, Texas, back in early 2020. That series, called The Power of Love, opened the eyes of many in attendance. I hope it's doing the same during this string of Come and Reason broadcasts. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. On our last show, Dr. Jennings began his talk on God's judgment by revealing that there is more than one, according to Scripture. The first judgment is when we, you and I, judge whether God is trustworthy or not. Today we pick up right where we left off last time. Here's Dr. Jennings. The second judgment. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord. As in the days gone by, as in the former years, so I will come near to you for judgment. The second judgment. This is the judgment of the great physician who is judging or diagnosing what is wrong and judging or determining what is the best therapeutic intervention to heal and save. I am coming to you to examine you, to judge what's wrong, and to prescribe and judge the treatment that will help you. This is God bringing judgments throughout human history upon rebellious people throughout history, recorded in Scripture and even not recorded in Scripture, to convict, to redeem, to protect, to redirect, to keep open avenue for Messiah. God judged that the avenue for the Messiah was almost closed, only one righteous man, and he judged that the best action to keep open avenue for Messiah and to save the human species was to send a flood. And he judged that in so doing, he would shorten human lifespan and prevent the hundreds of years of evil lives for corrupting multiple generations, and he would make the environment more difficult to produce a harvest so people would have industrious work and human character would be protected. He made judgments. And all of his judgments are for our salvation and for our healing. And it's Jesus' work in the heavenly sanctuary, metaphorical, theatrical lesson. He is judging. What's his judging there? He is judging and determining who has surrendered their lives to him. Who has given him access to their hearts? Who has opened the door to let him in? And then he judges what residual elements need fixing. Where do you need healing? Where do you need transforming? And he applies his merits, his character, his victories into our hearts and minds. So it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. 
we get a new heart and right spirit. We are transformed. Come on, you all have experienced it. A third judgment. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. This is Revelation 24 through 6. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. 1 Corinthians 6.3, don't you know that we will judge angels? This is the third judgment. First judgment, we judge whether we can trust God or not. Second judgment, God is making judgments about our condition, what's wrong, diagnosing, and the judgments that are therapeutic, not only for us individually, but for the entire plan of salvation. And he's intervening and acting, using his judgment to bring salvation third judgment, after we have been resurrected or translated into heaven, during the thousand years, we will sit and we will judge the lost. We will judge and make judgments about what the angels have done. We will review the history of what's transpired and draw conclusions and judgments about these things. Don't you know you will judge angels? So during the thousand years, the saints review the history of what transpired in the lives of the lost and the angels so that no doubt is ever left in any mind about any lost intelligent being in regards to God's actions and God's desire for them to be in heaven. We will judge they are lost because they refused every opportunity, every intervention, every mercy, every grace that God poured upon them. They were lost by their choice, not by God's will. And the fourth judgment Revelation 20, 11 and 12, I saw a great white throne and him who seated on it. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And what is recorded in the books of heaven? Character. The fourth judgment. Notice this, what Jesus said, Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings forth good out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings forth evil out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment. For every careless word you have spoken, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. What's being described? Jesus is describing their actual character from the abundance of their heart. The mathematician brings forth math of the math stored up, and the musician brings forth music. The pervert brings forth perversion. He is describing that people express, act out, and live what's in their hearts, their character. And that is what ultimately determines their judgment in the end, the actual condition of each heart. It is an accurate diagnosis of what actually is. So he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is wicked, let him be wicked still. The end of the thousand years, the fourth judgment, the end of the thousand years, when the new Jerusalem, the gates are open and no one comes in. The wicked acknowledged they were wrong and God was right, but they attacked the city anyway. Then they experienced the fires of unveiled truth flowing out from the city, out across the earth as God reveals and no longer holds back his life-giving glory that the saints and the righteous are living in. 
And when that happens and they come into the fullness of infinite truth and love and they have full awareness of their own corruption of character and all the pain and suffering they've caused others, what does the Bible say they do when they see his face and they see his reality and they see the truth of his glory and his righteousness? They cry for the mountains to fall on them and hide them from him who sits on the throne. What does that reveal about their character? What does it reveal about their desire? What does it reveal about where they want to be? Do they want to be in his presence? No. They are reaping what they have sown. They are severing the final tie to the source of life, and they enter non-existence. And all the saved judge that God could have done nothing more to save them. There is no human law court determining guilt or innocence or imposing any types of punishments. That is Satan's lie based on the imperial law lie. Key learning points, there are four judgments. Confusion occurs when we mix them together. These judgments are about reality, the actual condition of hearts and minds, not legal standing. The final message preparing people to meet Jesus. Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a witness or a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. What kingdom? The gospel of the kingdom. I don't know if you notice a lot of people, the gospel will be preached to the whole world. Well, the gospel of the kingdom. I'm going to suggest to you it's the kingdom of the creator God of love whose laws are the design laws upon which he constructed reality to operate. It's his kingdom, how he built his universe to Rome. It's the good news of who our creator God and how he built reality to operate. That's the message. Has that message gone to the world? Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become the home of demons and a haunt for every evil spirit, a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The maddening wine. Wine intoxicates, confuses, gets you to not be able to think clearly. These are the lies about God. It's a metaphor for the lies about God that have been imbibed, that have been ingested, that have been taken into the hearts, minds, that have been taken into the churches so that there's confusion. Specifically, the core intoxicant is this idea that God's law functions like human law, an imposed system of rules, which then every cascading distortion comes from. God then becomes imperial. He's the source of pain. He's the source of suffering and death from which we need protection. Remember the law of worship. By beholding, we become changed. This is why the Bible says, let us fix our eyes on Christ, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. As we fix our eyes on Christ by beholding Him, we become like Him as we esteem, adore, model after, and choose to identify with we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This transforming process requires that we come back and worship him. The gospel of the kingdom of love must go to the world so that we have the good news. This is our God. This is who the creator really is like. It's like Jesus has revealed him to be, which requires we reject the imperial views of God with its human law construct and worship the creator. 
Thus again, the, the revelation, first angel's message to give glory to God. Remember, the eternal gospel is to go to the world, the gospel of the kingdom, and we are to give glory to him and worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. But then after this message goes to the world, another message is to go that Babylon has fallen. This system, this system of confusion, this system of 44,000 different Christian groups all arguing amongst themselves about what this verse or that verse means, this system of confusion has fallen. It doesn't transform hearts and minds. I don't know if you know the data. But the data shows that child abuse rates are no different in Christian homes and non-Christian homes. Spouse abuse rates are no different. Pornography use is no different. Addiction rates are no different. Why is there this form of godliness that Paul talks about, but it denies the power thereof? Because this system of fallen Babylon teaches a God that functions like the systems of the world imperialism, rules, inflicted punishments, which only incite more fear, obstruct our ability to trust, doesn't result in the transformation of God's love dwelling in the heart. Well, once again, our time has slipped by, but not to worry. We will continue this presentation on our next program. Be sure to tune in. By the way, I'd like to invite you to stop by comeandreason.com. When you have a moment or two to check out the resources that Dr. Jennings and his ministry team are making available to you and me as we search for truth among the many falsehoods that Satan has created on this earth. You'll find books and blogs and videos, actually videos of this very presentation, The Power of Love, is available there. No charge for many of the things you find at CommonReason.com. We want you to understand and love God, the real God. We want you to know how God acts and who God is. And all of those resources are available to you at CommonReason.com. This program is sponsored by Common Reason Ministries. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.